Welcome to the Disney at Work podcast, bringing magical ideas to improve your world from the happiest place on earth. Your host is J. Jeff Kober, author, speaker, and consultant to organizations around the globe that look to bring best of Disney ideas to their workplace. Welcome to the Disney at Work podcast. On today's episode, we are going to play a little bit of catch-up. Jeff and I are going to share with you some of the Disney-related destinations we've been to in the past few months since we last recorded, and uh, share some best-in-business practices and lessons learned from those destinations uh, that we had a chance to visit. So uh, without uh, needing to go any further, let's bring in the owner and operator of DisneyAtWork.com, Jeff Kober. Welcome back, sir. Hey, good, good. Hello, hello, hello. It is good to be back with those, with both of our listeners out there. I appreciate you both listening out there. (laughs) No, seriously, um, we feel bad that it has been... uh, couple of months it has been a whirlwind of travel i would say that i have been on the road about uh nine out of the last 11 weeks so it's been kind of crazy and uh but we are excited to to come back to you and we thought we'd share some lessons learned some business uh insights gained from the experience and share with you our our travels and uh, and just uh, talk about a couple of different places we've been to. So um, we, I, uh, you just got back, David from Alani. Yeah, so we had uh, an opportunity to go explore uh, Alani, a Disney resort and spa is the official name for it, <laughs> uh, out in uh, uh, the island of Oahu in Hawaii. And it's one word for a resort, but they had to then add all the other stuff on top of it because they couldn't call it just Alani. The reason is, is, is kind of interesting. It actually, the, the approach uh, officially feels very similar to, to what they tried to do in Shanghai in terms of making sure that they focused on the culture of, of Shanghai, of China, but still had some Disney influence. Uh, the cast members at Alani kept using the phrase Big H, Little D. As a way to say that they're first and foremost thought their goal is to expose people to the culture, the people, the traditions, the stories of Hawaii, uh, but then also making sure that there was a little Disney sprinkled in. And I have to say, I thought they did a phenomenal job that uh, a lot of times I, I think one of the, the, the preconceived notions about Alani, is, as somebody else I was traveling with put it, said, uh, you think that you're going to get there and it's going to be like Disney has thrown up all over the place. And it's really not that at all. Uh, it is very well done, very well designed, uh, just very, uh, very fitting for what you would think to be uh, a, a Hawaiian resort that you would expect to find in Hawaii. And it feels much different than some of the other resorts that are right in the area that are just simple, you know, brown or white uh, or gray buildings next door, even on, the, on, on either side of it. And it's just a, it's an absolutely stunning resort, and they, uh, they, they really did a did a great job out there. You know, you're right. The theming is is quite deep, and um, lots of attention to details, and yet it's not over the top in some Jungle Cruise Adventureland kind of tiki 
hut kind of way. It is very, very much uh, true to the Hawaiian heritage and to the artistry of the islands. And uh, my hat's off. I love that resort. And I, while it is a pricey resort, I certainly recommend that, that anyone who is out in that area take the opportunity to at least spend a couple of nights in Alani. There is much to see there, much to do, and uh, it's just a beautiful resort. Um, one, of, one of the subtle pieces when you enter the resort is uh, some stones that are in the fountain that um, deal with time and the lunar eclipse of time and how time plays such an important role in, in society. And we will do a connection. Let's make a note. We will uh, do a connection to a great little blog post about an artist who had a deadline <laughs> with uh, developing the, uh, the murals that you see in the lobby for Alani. And so there's a there's a great little analogy to time. And so we will be please check out uh, DisneyAtWork.com. We will have a little uh, um, uh, we will give you a link to that uh, article because it's kind of a cool little insight uh, as to why we actually need uh, deadlines, why deadlines matter. So. That's very cool. Anything else that you want to pull out of the, your experience with Alani? Well, I think what, what makes that resort feel very Disney is not necessarily the decorations and, and Mickey everywhere. I mean, Mickey's there. You can get a picture with Mickey and, you know, you're going to see obviously some Mickey merchandise in places, but uh, it's the it's the cast members. You know, it's just like uh, the, the parks always make sure that they trumpet. Uh, about one of the things that guests always provide feedback of is not necessarily the attractions and it's not necessarily the food or the castle. It's the interaction you have with cast members and it's they've got that nailed in Alani as well. I mean, I, we did not have a single poor experience with a cast member. They are, first of all, everywhere. It feels like there's twice as many at any normal resort. They said there are 1,800 on staff at Alani. Um, and I, it, it felt like at times that 1,200 of those were all out and about, just greeting people, walking around, just standing in the lobby, asking you where you'd been on the island. Uh, we went to, to take in one of the uncle's storytelling times out by the beach one night and ended up hearing a similar story by uncle that we did on another tour elsewhere on the island and so asked him about how that story differed and he spent 20 minutes talking to us about their stories and how important they are and where they come from based on where on the island their heritage is and who they hear their stories from i mean this guy could have been done i mean he was he was done he could have clocked out that was his last obligation of the night and he had no problem just sitting down there and talking with two strangers about his art of storytelling and how important that is to their culture. And it didn't seem like he did it because he felt obligated. It seemed like he just enjoyed talking about it. And that was the most impressive thing to me. Gorgeous visually, no doubt whatsoever. The water area there is second to none. But the cast members, I think, are what or put that above. So if you're a Disney fan, even if you're on the fence... As Jeff mentioned, a couple of nights simply to experience that Disney level of service, the Disney difference uh, at Alani is something that uh, on the bucket list of Disney fans, along with all the theme parks, uh, should definitely be a place that, that you visit. 
you know, you spend so much time looking at all the details and creating a great setting and trying to make sure all the steps are in play to create a great customer experience. But great cast members are like a fishing net cast into the sea. It just captures anything that isn't captured by everything else. If you've got great cast members in play doing what they should do, um, focused on exceeding the guest experience, boy, you can really uh, uh, bring in uh, you can really bring in a great experience and make sure that it's it's captured every time. So that was that was that was my travel. Um, I have not been out nearly as much as you have uh, because school is in session. But I believe you, Jeff, uh, spent uh, a couple of weeks over across the ocean in Asia and got to visit. You visited both Shanghai and Tokyo uh, Disney Resort as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, to precede it, um, I had a I I left early August to do a program. Uh, one-week customer service program in Atlanta for government employees um, who I, I it was so funny because when their their mission statement was in this beautiful graphic in the hallway and they would pass by it on breaks and going coming and going from class and everything and on uh, a couple of days into it I said everybody take out a post-it write down what your mission statement is and nobody could write it down completely because it was such a large, long mission statement. And uh, uh, one of the teachings we have in our programs is you want to create a service mission statement that is short and succinct. So Disney's is we create happiness. And that's taught on day one in Disney traditions. And it's been used since 1955 when the park opened and it's so succinct and so clear as to what the purpose is and uh, i tell a great story about um uh a gentleman who was popping popcorn in front of the castle at disneyland and uh and how he created happiness even though his primary job was just simply to pop box and sell the uh, popcorn but uh but that's, that stood out. And then I took a little family reunion in Utah before heading out to Singapore with uh, an entire week's worth of programming there. We have great folks in Singapore. In fact, we've got a group coming next week uh, that uh, we are bringing to Walt Disney World so they can look at best in business practices, not only there at the Walt Disney World Resort, but other great benchmarks. We're visiting NASA. We're visiting JetBlue, um, Whole Foods, uh, Seasons 52, a whole number of benchmarks to learn those best practices. And uh, so they're coming next week. So fortunately, I get to be home for once rather than have to go out. But after I got through with that uh, group in Singapore, I headed to Tokyo Disney and I did not have a lot of days to stay there. Uh, we're going to do another podcast soon about Tokyo Disney and our experiences there. And I do want to talk, David, about the Sheraton Hotel. Um, I have been staying at the Hilton uh, there, which is part of the Disney hotels or uh, partner hotels there. And I got to tell you, I had a superb experience at the Sheraton, which I think your next group, you're yes. taking a group out next spring. 
Yes. To uh, Tokyo Disney and to Shanghai and to um, Hong Kong Disneyland. And uh, and we'll put a link on the on the uh, on the uh, on our uh, Disney at Work website if you want to know more about going there. There, it's an opportunity along with Chris of TDR Explorer, a Tokyo Disney Explorer, just he, guy who really knows uh, the parks there. We've done a podcast previously with Shanghai that dealing with Chris. Uh, anyway, I got to share now. Uh, I only had a night and a day at Tokyo Disney. Unfortunately, because of other client responsibilities, I had very little time at Tokyo Disney, which was really disappointing because everything is perfectly superb at Tokyo. And you talk about that that cast member level of delivery. It is so there at Tokyo Disney. We're going to share in our links. Uh, another thing you want to catch at DisneyWork.com is we're going to have a link to a little piece of the Jungle Cruise. And David, I don't know when you went on the Jungle. Did you have you done the Jungle Cruise at Tokyo Disney? Uh, no, I don't believe I did. I did it in Hong Kong. Yeah, which is a very cool Jungle Cruise in and of itself. So I did the Jungle Cruise when I first went to Tokyo Disney. But I then did it again. Uh, it was under the second time I went to Tokyo Disney. It was under rehab to be redeveloped as Jungle Cruise Wildlife Expeditions. And what they've basically done is they've cre- they've and if you don't know um, the Jungle Cruise at Tokyo Disney, take the one at Walt Disney World and imagine a map of that and then flip the map over. It still goes in the in the in the same path, starting down the the rainforest and past the snake and past the gorillas and ending up at the temple and then the bathing pool of the elephants and before hitting uh, Trader Sam. But um, it's not Trader Sam. Trader Sam is over at uh, Disneyland. Um, but at any rate, um, the it is a very similar course to the Magic Kingdoms. However. Uh, two things on it. First of all, again, cast members, even though I don't speak a word of Japanese and they don't really offer a lot of English option cruises, they're a little more organized for that at Hong Kong. It doesn't matter. You get a sense of the engagement level of these skippers. They are just so there for their gas. And that is in and of itself is very impressive. But They've also done a layer of magic on top of the Jungle Cruise. And one of those things is as you enter the temple, which if you remember in our Jungle Cruise in the Magic Kingdom, is kind of a quiet little thing. You pass a tiger and then you pass some uh, cobras and they're kind of guarding uh, some uh, uh, jewels and treasure. And then you see some monkeys playing in the treasure and so forth. It's a pretty mild kind of quiet little passage through there. There, it comes alive um, using kind of uh, digital projections that uh, are now so commonly used in in the castle shows and also in the Voyage of the Crystal um, Grotto at Shanghai Disney. And it comes alive and it's they, they capture this little story about, about uh, this 
the myths of this coming alive and so forth. And you see this temple come alive and the flames come alive before this um, elephant altar. And it's very cool. And it made me think, why doesn't Magic Kingdom do this? Um, and honestly, there are some good business reasons why they don't. First off, uh, they're already pretty crowded at Magic Kingdom's Jungle Cruise. I mean, some days, even with a fast pass, you're waiting a good 20, 25 minutes to get on the attraction. So there doesn't need to be, per se, another reason to get on Jungle Cruise. There's enough popularity with the Jungle Cruise. And yet still, and of course, Magic Kingdom tops for all attendance. You know, it's already doing pretty good attendance-wise. And yet, if they could add that layer of magic, imagine the number of people who would be wanting to go to the Magic Kingdom to experience that and see it. Now, they did a Jingle Cruise layover for the holidays. I believe they decided not to do it this year. I know that they aren't doing it at Disneyland. I think they've decided not to do it at Walt Disney World. I'm hoping they don't because it's really lame. But this was not. This was kind of cool, and it kind of took the experience to the next level. And, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. I know that... The, that that there are business reasons why they don't. But sometimes you don't use a business reason. Sometimes you just plus it because it needs to be plussed. It needs to be taken to the next level. And so that was my aha from Tokyo Disney. is made me really reflect as I went on that attraction. Of course, with Tokyo Disney Sea was amazing and so forth. I headed to Shanghai Disneyland. And now when I went there last year, just after the premiere, the problem was there was a typhoon coming through and I had to go to Singapore after Shanghai. So I had to leave Shanghai only after a day and a half of visiting there and and fly sooner to uh, Singapore to, uh, to bypass this incoming typhoon. So I wanted to take a several days. Uh, and again, Shanghai Disney certainly delivers on a scale of grandeur. This thing is such a big park. And uh, it is uh, amazing on many, many levels. Imagineering has really, truly created a great park. By the way, we have a great little, uh, subscribe with us, and we have a great little, it's like 30 pages that focus on how uh, uh, Shanghai Disney is um, distinctly Disney, uniquely Chinese in its approach to kind of combining the two, and, and it does a really great job in that. But here's a couple of observations I had from Shanghai Disney. First off, day one. The entire process of getting through security and then through ticketing at the front of the park was a mess. They had gates lined up in every direction to move masses, which was good. You know, you don't want it to just go into chaotic mode. But it looked ugly. There was people trashing because they had stand had to stand there for an hour or so to get in, or an hour and a half to get in, and so they were dumping their trash. I and and while I was standing there, I saw this team of people to include some 
uh, what looked like some Americans kind of taking a look at this. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're a year into this park. And we haven't figured out <laughs> how to get these people in here. Is it that hard? You know, after being in the business for over 60 years of doing theme parks, and we don't know how to manage a crowd yet. Now, there were some touches that they had. They had some electric fans toward the end when you got to the ticketing. Big electric outdoor fans. That was helpful. So it's not like they've completely forgotten it. But it, it raised a flag because there are some issues and things that need to be resolved. Here's another example of this. And it's actually a great example of, of a cast member service. Uh, in the hotel, you can get free Wi-Fi or, you know, free your phone and your laptop or whatever. I didn't have any problems with that. And last year when I was at the park, I didn't have any problem getting it in the park for some reason. But this year, when I went to go get it in the park, it was requiring you to put in your SIM number from a local Chinese phone. Hmm. And there was nothing I had to do that. And I really wanted to make contact with my wife back home and kind of stay in touch with her as I was out in the park. And so I went over to guest relations and, um, and I, I found uh, a cast member, uh, truly professional, um, impressive cast member just greeting me at the at the door i didn't even get into guest relations uh to really talk at the counter she took care of me at the door i explained my problem she did this little sigh which communicated in a nonverbal way it's like yeah i wish they would fix this problem but she said hand me your phone and she took her phone and she put her own sim for information in there her own personal information so I could get Wi-Fi. And it took care of me the rest of the day. So I was really very thankful that this cast member took on ownership of this problem, put her own information in there in order to get the thing to work and, and resolve the issue. I loved her. She, she saved the day. She was terrific. That said, I'm sitting there and thinking to myself, Okay, this is, I'm not the only tourist having this problem. And in fact, I found a couple of tourists the next day. I want to say they were visiting from Australia. They had the same problem. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, why haven't they resolved this problem? Because you're missing on a good percentage of guests who are wanting this. And you're causing this conflict, this, this unresolved issue, simply because you're using this sponsor for a year. For your internet that was disappointing i was also given a complimentary ticket to come back because i had bought a th three days worth of tickets last time and i only used two days so i was given a complimentary ticket i didn't have the uh, magic number as they referred to it and so when i went up to the hotel desk at toy story hotel um it took them about 30 minutes to figure out the number but they were very persevering appreciated that they found the number they said take this to uh the front of the park and they will issue a new ticket so as i left that day i already had a ticket for that day but as i left that day i thought well i'm gonna go get another ticket so i don't have to do this in the morning when there are a bunch of crowds well um i went to a ticket window they said no you got to go over to guest relations so i went over to guest relations 
when I got to guest relations, and it's there are not a lot of people at this time. It's afternoon. It's about three in the afternoon. Not a lot. Of, there are very few people around guest relations outside the park. But there are two gentlemen, and they are in this uh, debate would not be strong enough. They were in this fierce argument with guest relations, apparently over a ticket. I don't understand Mandarin, so I couldn't understand the specifics or who was there. I was at the window adjoining, but the experience was dominating everything around us. There was, there are different kind of security guards that they have at Disney. They had um, two different costume guards standing next to these guys. And, uh, and they would not relent. Guest relations was explained they couldn't do anything for them. They would not give up. They continued to yell and insist that this needed to be resolved and fixed. And the manager, I believe she was the manager, was trying to explain, trying to explain this, this dialogue back and forth that went on. And this guy was having difficulty finding with my magic number, my ticket. So I'm there about... 15 minutes at this window and not more than four or five feet from me this experience is going on and finally the guest relations hostess manager i i assume she began to yell yell using the microphone within guest relations they had a little microphone go back and forth and she began to scream at the top of her voice at these two people. It was the most embarrassing cast member exchange I have ever witnessed in 50 plus years of being in a Disney park. I have never, I have never seen a Disney cast member behave that way. Now, my opinion of the experience was if you cannot resolve this situation, if you can't handle them, you need to take the individuals, walk with them, and walk them back out of the park premises while talking to them. And certainly they had guards and security cast members who did nothing for this experience. They just stood there. They didn't try to bring down the emotional level. They just stood there. And... It's a, a great example of how in the business of customer service, you need to know how to handle an angry guest. And I'm not saying that it's the cast member's fault that the guests are angry, but you still have to know how to handle an angry guest. And it was probably one of the most disappointing experiences I have ever seen. And in a guest relations booth, that should never happen. Um, the rest of my stay at Shanghai was pretty good. Um, but, uh, but it was, uh, it was kind of a crazy experience. So, um, got home, ended up doing a couple of trips to DC over a couple of two weeks. Um, and then we went to, uh, on a seven day cruise with Disney Cruise Line. And there goes the service back up to the top. I'm telling you what, just like Tokyo, 
just like Alani that you described, David, you can be assured you are going to have a great service experience when you're on the Disney Cruise Line. It is so, it is so phenomenal. And I tell you, I have a great, greater appreciation every time of those crew members who work that ship, who work every day, long days, and still do it at the top of their performance, the way their contract is. I think they work, what, six months, and then they get two months off mm-hmm, so. in their contract. Um, that's a long six months still to do it. And I've, I've never seen anyone who's less than excellent in, in that in that experience i just food and beverage servers i gotta say i don't think you can find in any uh, american restaurant establishment a team or teams of food and beverage servers and workers harder at work than you will find on a disney cruise line i think they are just superb here's an example of the kind of attention paid to the service, to the customer experience, to the guest experience on the Disney Cruise Line. I was up in Cabanas, which is their major buffet on the ship. It was lunchtime. And as I was going through, I noticed that there were two crew members, one holding a tray with lots of eating utensils, tongs, and so forth, and the other changing out those utensils. It happened to be that my head server uh, for my dining experience in the evening was in charge and managing uh, that area of cabanas that afternoon. So I asked him what was going on there. He said, well, that is one of the processes and procedures in place here at cabanas. Every 30 minutes, all of the serving utensils are changed out. Of course, Guests wash their hands before they even touch the serving utensils, uh, before they go through the line. But he says a lot of hands are on that, on that, on those serving utensils. We change them out every 30 minutes. And now you think about it, it's a two and a half, three hour buffet serving that they have. So you can imagine how many of those utensils are going through the washer every, every afternoon and every morning and every time that Cabanas is open. That's just one little process they have in place to make sure you have the most ideal guest experience possible. Um, That was such a contrast because uh, the following week, the following week, I am with another service organization, which I will not name, uh, a potential client, and they asked me to come do uh, kind of a shopper's experience. And this particular hospitality group had a buffet as well. And so I noticed this buffet and it was, it was ugly. Um, not only were utensils not changed out at all during the meal, there was no cleanup going on around the soup container or around the ice cream. You know how you, when you go get that ice cream and uh, that is like a a rite of passage, the ice cream little uh, stand, uh, soft serve ice cream stand on the Disney Cruise Line. Is there not somebody always working that ice cream stand, cleaning things up every minute you are there? Um, And at night they come through and they take everything off that thing and they 
and they sanitize everything and put it back. It's that level of quality. It's that level of service that I absolutely love about uh, Disney Cruise Line. And uh, so I got to say, you know, if you want to see great service and action, go book a trip and, and experience it. Um, in fact, you can get David to book your trip. <laughs> so. There you go. Well, and what, which I think what, you what did, David. Really love, I, I, <laughs> I think, think we, you booked our trip. I, yes, yes, I think I did. Well, and what's uh, thank you for the plug, <laughs> sir. Uh, what 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 I really enjoy and what I think sets the Disney Cruise Line apart for us is how do I phrase this? You're you're going to get a, a, a similar experience, customer service wise, in a Disney theme park. The difference is is you don't see, you can be in the, let's say you go to Epcot and you spend, what, eight hours, nine hours in Epcot. The likelihood that you're going to see the same cast members multiple times in a small area is pretty slim, other than maybe if you're walking through line on a ride, then you might see somebody switch their location. On a Disney cruise ship, you end up seeing these people again and again and again not just your service team but you're going to see some of the same maintenance workers and you know some of the same folks that are involved in cleaning and some of the same people at the guest relations desk and just to see day after day that that service never lets off there doesn't seem to be an off day not in terms of scheduling but there doesn't seem to be a day where their service drops and it's just it's impeccable amazing how they do that because they're on the ships for six months at a time and they really don't get very many days off you know on a day where a ship is uh where, where you know one cruise is is ending and another one's beginning i mean they get up stinking early that morning and then they're getting ready to turn that entire ship over it's kind of fascinating to watch if you really want to see an operation in action like that we decided one cruise when we were done that we were going to try to be as close to being the last ones off as we could because we didn't our flight wasn't until like 5 30 that night and you can't even check in at the airport mm -hmm. till four hours before um so we just kind of milled around the lobby and watched them starting to turn that lobby over because there were only maybe a hundred or so guests still left it is a well-oiled, almost a military machine, how well they can do that. But even while they were doing that, they were still friendly. They were still interacting with the kids. And it's just, it, it honestly at times feels like it's just you and your family on that cruise, even though there's thousands and thousands of other people. And it's a, it's a testament to how well the customer service model is that they were able to take that from a theme park, much more space, put that in a floating you know, box and improve it. You know, you, you would think you'd be lucky to still keep that customer service even if, if you brought it onto a cruise ship. But the fact that they improved on the model, it just, it's uh, well done. Yeah, it's a treat to be on the Disney Cruise Line. And so many, so many great things. Uh, we have to do something on wayfinding. I, I've actually on Disney at, uh, at work.com have a little thing uh, from my next site about wayfinding through pumpkins. <laughs> so check that out at Disney at Work. Wayfinding through pumpkins, I know that makes no sense, but in time for the Halloween experience uh, here this this time of year, you got to check out that. Um, I ha There's a little wayfinding thing we're also going to include soon with the Disney Cruise Line because they do very subtle things to help people direct direct people where to go without putting up another sign that says, this is where you got to go. And so we'll have a little passage on that. I also did a Facebook Live 
for Destination Magic, our new website. If you haven't checked out Destination Magic, please do so. It's our new website, and we covered uh, the new Halloween decorations at Disneyland. This is where I ended up going um, just a week or so ago. And um, after I took care of my client in California. And, uh, and they have done some very cool things, including some things uh, related to the new film Coco on uh, the Day of the Dead. So check that uh, video out. But what I was going to say about Disneyland is that uh, since I was there at D23, I had to leave right at the end and I didn't get a chance uh, to see uh, the new the railroad go through on its new path uh, around the rivers of America. And uh, so I was excited to see that and they did a nice job on that. Big kudos on that. But what really caught my eye, which I don't think I saw a whole lot mentioned, is that it also gave me a chance to, if you're familiar with Disneyland, when you pass the Tomorrowland Station, you go through the Grand Canyon and the primeval world. And I love that. If you're a Universe of Energy fans, you love dinosaurs, this is where to see the dinosaurs. And uh, I love it. But what was really cool is how they had taken... That attraction, which goes back 50 plus years, and they had created these enhancements using digital projections. Now the river flows through the Grand Canyon. Uh, there is a lightning that strikes and hits a particular uh, tree, and it lights up and it crackles, and it's so cool. And, the, and there's a volcano that is truly blowing behind the dinosaurs that are uh, the T-Rex and other dinosaur that's fighting at the end of of that attraction. I caught video of that. I will make sure we include that. Uh, but I loved the touches, the little touches of that that just took that experience and tweaked it to the next level. Again, a little bit like we were talking about earlier with Tokyo. Um, it's the touches that really do make a difference. And I think guests really appreciate seeing their favorite things, seeing the things they love and seeing it taken to the next level. And so had a great time uh, going on the train over at the Disneyland Resort. Didn't have enough time there either. Came back in time, did uh, Facebook Live this afternoon from the Food and Wine Festival and uh, showcase some of uh, the newer eateries that are in Future World uh, today. And, um, and then after I turned off the Facebook camera, uh, the, a couple next to me were uh, kind of observing me doing this Facebook Live event. And she said, man, you have an ability to just stay focused on camera and not lose your train of thought and just keep it moving. And I, I said, well, I've got a few years having to, to do that in front of people. Turns out that the individual was an HR consultant, uh, typical of the kind of people I deal with in this industry where I meet with businesses to help them take organizations to the next level. We talked about employee engagement and customer service and their experience this week at Walt Disney World. They were from Canada. So a shout out to them. They... Uh, they were a delight, and um, it was uh, it was great to see other people in this industry uh, who, in the business of business, 
looking at these things is saying, wow, what can we learn from them? What can we glean from them? And I tell you, that's that's what uh, DisneyAtWork.com is all about. Bringing best in business ideas from the happiest place on earth, whether that place is uh, Tokyo, Shanghai, uh, the Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland, or Walt Disney World. We, uh, It's just fun to see the magic when it happens. And it's even funner when you get to see it happen uh, in other organizations outside Disney. And that's what we do. We bring those messages. We we bring those experiences through workshops, seminars, keynotes. We bring those to other people. If you'd like to know more, please go to DisneyAtWork.com. Reach out to us. Love to talk to just, just hey, pick up the phone and let's talk about what are the challenges you face. And uh, maybe I've got an article I could reference you to or, or maybe there's something more that we could do for you. But that's what we do and it's what we love doing uh, at uh, DisneyAtWork.com. David, what else? Have we missed any park? We we are so behind on our Disneyland Paris coverage, David. When are we going to get um, to Paris? That's got to be up to you, not me. <laughs> All right, we'll work on that next. I'll be a sh- I've I've told you before and it's now it's been recorded numerous times. I will be a Sherpa. I'm not above it. I'll carry your, I'll carry your bags around. I'll wear a funny little hat. It it, it doesn't matter whatever. I I, I don't care. Adventures um, to come. My friend, yes, adventures uh, to come. Uh, as Jeff did mention, uh, as 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 we close today, if you are interested in any of the things that he discussed, uh, please visit us at DisneyAtWork.com. And Jeff did also make mention of a benchmarking program of a group that he's bringing out to Orlando uh, to show them best in business practices at many of the area businesses. Uh, if you're interested in something like that for your company, for your business, uh, you can visit Jeff and his partner at WorldClassBenchmarking.com. And uh, some of the stories Jeff has mentioned today, actually, those principles are also available in his book called The Wonderful World of Customer Service at Disney. He actually starts off that book telling a story about Roger Rabbit and an instance where they decided to do something called Bump the Lamp. Um, and so uh, any, anything else project-wise, uh, publication-wise that you want to... You know what? The Bump the Lamp, yeah, the Bump the Lamp story, I think we also include, don't we, at the Disney Hollywood Studios from my from showbiz to your biz. I think we talk about that as well there. And then coming out, we are finishing up our final version of Disney Leadership in You. That's coming out hopefully within the next month uh, by in time for the holidays. So buy a copy for uh, for your Disney friends and family. And uh, I am so excited about that new book. And because uh, there's some great stories, great messages. It's, it's, uh, it's just so cool. Well, so if you have any interest in any of those things and you want to reach out to us, the easiest way would be to email us at podcast at disneyatwork.com. And as always, please, if you're interested in what we've had to talk about, you can listen to our past episodes and hopefully subscribe to future ones. And we would also love some review on reviews on iTunes because obviously that's the way uh, that people may be just surfing or shopping for a new podcast uh, about uh, business and potentially theme parks are going to find us. So we thank you very much for joining us on the Disney at Work podcast, and we hope you will listen to us again. Thanks, everybody.